Charlotte, welcome back. This is Jamal, the angriest black fan, but I'm not angry today. I'm actually Jamal, the happy black fan today. We got victory cigars popping today on my top right. We got Ta Kaiser Sose. What's going on, brother? Victory beer, victory cig. It's a victory cigarillo, actually. Um, there you go. They don't deserve a whole cigar this week. <laughs> <laughs> and to my top left, we got Rodney, Rob Pops Richardson. What's going on, brother? Nothing, man. I'm enjoying this feeling of a win. Uh, we won't feel this too often. It, it, uh, it's been a while, right? It's been a while. It was in game. game. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how this feels, man. I man, I actually smiled when we were when we before we got on the show. I don't I forgot the last time I did that. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, man, the Panthers have just uh, come off a victory against the San Diego Chargers. L.A. Chargers. LA, I'm, man, yeah, look, I'm, it is always, it's going to take me a long time to long get Long time, yep. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers have come off a victory against the L.A. Chargers, in which the defense made some plays in spots, and there was some minor improvement, dare I say, maybe, huh? I want to get you guys' thoughts on a lot of things today. First, I want to start with what do you guys think about Mr. Teddy Bridgewater's performance today? Um, I'm going to allude something to, to something I said in the conversation earlier. Safe. It was very safe. Uh, not a lot of throws down the field. Uh, check down throws, slants. Uh, efficient. I mean, he, he's not, he's not going to lose the game for you, and he's not going to be that guy to push you over the top to win the game. Uh, the offense left a lot on the field today, man, and we it's, you cannot get in the red zone and not score a touchdown. Five field goals, even though we won five field goals, is is, is unacceptable. Um, jo Joey Sly should not be the MVP of the offense in any no. game, and no. and I and I kind of I kind of feel like the Panthers should have should have at least scored forty points today. I really do. Yes, his performance was mid. Now yeah. I'm a critic. Of Teddy, uh, these first two weeks, but the thing is, he didn't he didn't play poorly at all. I, I mean, he 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 just didn't because he's not that kind of QB though. He's not going to take enough risks to play poorly, right? And that can be an issue because one of the 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 reason why this game was closer than it should have been, honestly, was because the offense uh, couldn't give the defense any rest. Um, with a minute left in the third quarter, the Panthers had only run six offensive plays. They ran eight total the third mm. quarter, two first downs the entire second half. That's kind of – yeah, you got to do more than that. And, and, and the issue is this. It's third and eight. Why are you throwing three-yard slam, bro? Thank you. Thank you. That That's what I was going to get at. I mean, no, there are going to be some times where you have to do that, where, hey, if that's Christian McCaffrey, three yards in space with a single linebacker, you give him the ball. You, you give him the ball, yeah. First down. But Mike Davis, who actually played a, a solid game today, but I'm not going to throw it two yards to Mike Davis and hope he's going to get eight or give the or you know, throw it to Curtis Samuel six yards down the field when it's third and eight and he's in double coverage. You just – you're not going to advance uh, doing that. And if it's in any team, but the L.A. Chargers, oh, we'll get to that. We're going to uh, get to that. If it's in any team but the L.A. Chargers, the Panthers would have lost. We would have lost. Yeah. 
quick quick question for you guys. What were your thoughts about the play calling today? Uh, hold on. All right, here's my play. Here's here's my new dream. Okay. The Planthers played just poorly enough to get Trevor Lawrence. And the Falcons fired Dan Quinn, and we fire Phil Snow and hire Dan Quinn as our new defensive coordinator. <laughs> Listen, I, I just saw your arm stretching in my kitchen just now. That <laughs> I just saw a light in arm just reaching in my kitchen just now. <laughs> that that's some Madden type stuff there, man. But 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 anywho, I actually here's the thing, man. I didn't think the play calling was bad except for in the red zone. In the red zone, it was horrendous. It, it really was, man. And not to sound like a broken record, man, but I, I, I honestly believe we should have scored 40 points today. Um, there was a there was a play call where they had Curtis Samuel coming out the backfield, and there was an outside pitch to Curtis Samuel on third and two. <sighs> Come on, man. I, NFL defenses are, are, are too smart to to fall for that. You know what I mean? And I just think, man, on, on those third and shorts, uh, he could have been a lot more inventive. He could have been a lot more creative, man. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't cutting it in the end zone today. I mean, I'm sorry, in the red zone today. I think the Panthers coaching staff, we have to remember, they're all college coaches. They're all essentially, yeah, no doubt. Coaches. And right. so they, I don't think they're up to speed on how NFL defenses can get away with mm-hmm. not using defensive principles because the players are so much bigger, faster, and stronger. Right. So, um, some of the stuff that worked in college, it ain't gonna, it ain't, it's just not gonna work in the league. One of the things that, and I thought Phil Snow called a pretty good game today. The defense, yeah. played well, but that was mostly execution. I felt, for instance, there's a the Panthers tend to do a lot of dropping eight guys in coverage and only rushing three, which is a very situational. Uh, defense in the NFL, but I saw too much of that today, and and I saw it last week against Tom Brady, which you that is yeah, not who you don't rush for against. You don't give Tom Brady all the time in the world to throw against. He doesn't hey, work. I, I, I apologize, Rodney. I just realized you asked about Phil Snow and not Joe Brady. I, you can tell what was on my mind all day, so my apologies. <laughs> but can, I'll get to Phil Snow in a minute. But continue, guys. I just no, wanted to I, I was just saying. I, I, I feel like Phil Snow called a good game. Besides that, I think he's going to learn. Same with Joe Brady. He's got to learn that. Hey, man, the the stuff that you did for the highest scoring college offense in you know recent history, that's just not going to work in the NFL. You don't have the personnel. Defenses are are, are, are faster. Um, I think you, sometimes you got to push the ball a little more. The Panthers played not to lose. Yeah. yeah. And it worked this right. week. This week. Um, this week. You cannot – that is not sustainable. You're going to have to take some shots. I, I am glad you said that because speaking of Phil Snow now, I I saw a lot of the Ron Rivera era in today's game today. And I felt like – and I, I kind of felt like we, we – we kind of stepped off the gas a little bit in the second half, and Justin Herbert got a little more comfortable to my liking yeah, yeah, in the second yeah. half. You know what I mean? And, and, look, let me give that young man credit. I, I say this all the time. Sometimes you really just have to give the other team credit a lot of times. I even think when he was under, under rest a lot, he still made some big-time throws in the second half. But at the same time, man, I do think we let our foot off the gas a little bit in the second half as well. Um, you know? I, I do like one thing that the Panthers are doing this year. They are finally letting Brian Brian Burns 
played to his potential. That young yeah. man had a great yeah. game today, man. And I that is a very promising sign. Um, one other thing that I liked and I also did not like at the same time, Jeremy Chen led the Woo. team of capitals. Um, I don't know. Leader. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> let, me, leader. let me say let me say something. Let me say one more thing about Jeremy Chen. In the earlier show, I told y'all, I said Jeremy Chen could be a Troy Palomalu type of player. I didn't necessarily mean caliber, but I meant type. He kind of proved that today, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and shout out to Shaq Thompson for actually kind of showing up today. Uh, it, it was greatly appreciated. 13 tackles, forced fumble. Big, big fumble. Big fumble. We yeah. greatly appreciate that today, man. You, you, you're playing up to the $13 million we were paying you. If you could just get your boy Whitehead to get on your level, I don't, boy, man, we'll, we'll be cooking with hot grease, man. Yeah, to your point about Brian Burns, I did notice uh, the Panthers did a lot more edge blitzing with safeties and linebackers than they did the first two weeks. Yeah. And I think that's why Brian Burns was able to eat the the tackles, the offensive tackles for the Chargers, uh, just didn't know who they needed to block a lot of times. And we, yeah. even, we saw Marquise Haynes get in there for a good sack off of a stunt because the left tackle got confused. I think that's what we need to see a lot more defensively from the Panthers because just a straight four-man rush ain't going to cut it. And, right. and you start, oh, we're only going to rush three. Of, of course you're not going to get a lot of sacks, whereas today, you know, we were able to get at Justin Herbert. Like you said, I would have seen him like to see him a little bit more uncomfortable considering he's a rookie yeah. And he made yeah, right. great throw. Got yeah. a got a really dubious offensive pass interference. Uh, that call yeah. that, that hey, we got we got that. But um, yeah, I thought I, I feel like the, the defense got to do more. And and what do we feel about Derrick Brown so far? Improvement, man. Slow improvement. I, I really believe that. I think there were there was some improvement shown today, man. I, I I feel like this, man. It's always a little harder to rate guys in the middle because you're not going to necessarily hear their name a lot. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? But I feel like as far as him doing his job, you gotta you gotta think about this, man. A part of a defensive tackle's job is to let these linebackers and edge blitzers eat. What mm -hmm. you can't say he he didn't do today. You know what I mean? So. This week, it was a marked improvement from what we've seen from him the last two weeks, I would say. I mean, he, he had five tackles, three tackles for loss. I, I mean, that is what you want from a, a your tackle, your rookie tackle. Your rookie, right. And then on top of that, K1 wasn't even playing. So, yeah. so he had most of the attention today. Uh, he's he, he's going to be solid. He's going to be solid. You know, you know, look at though, I wonder. Uh, and this is for you know that now that the, the the tank for Trevor train has started, and I'm really talking. Time out. I'm gonna go let ahead. you go. I have to say this, Panthers fans, some of y'all anyway. I hate to tell y'all this, but we're not getting Trevor Lawrence, and I'm yeah. gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Not to say that the Panthers are a great team. They're not but, as bad as yeah. But listen, the Jets are <laughs> awful. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars are awful. The New York Giants are awful. We're just not that bad, y'all. So, Panthers fans, I'm sorry to disappoint y'all. It ain't happening. Yeah, we're me and Rodney were talking about that right before we went on air. I think the Panthers will get better, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's that. Improvement. Um, it's still maybe no more than five wins or so, but that won't be enough to get Trevor Lawrence. But that that's what leads me to my next thought. 
who is the next generational talent on this team, particularly on defense? We, the, the last era, we had two. We had the, the best offensive and defensive players on the planet, and we couldn't win a Super Bowl. Now, this era, we've got Christian McCaffrey on offense, and we don't really have that generational talent. And as good as Derrick Brown might end up being, typically is not a defensive tackle, um, unless they're like someone like Indomica Sue coming out of college or someone like that. Is it Jeremy Chin or is it in the draft? What you say, Rodney? I really like what I saw from Burns today. If, if 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 he could continue to be consistent like that, he'll be one of those borderline generational talent. But 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 Jeremy Chin, man, that kid, he's all over the field. Like I, I'm 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 just excited. To man, see what's he doing that everybody else is not? That's what I'm wondering. Like, huh? what's he doing that everyone else is not? I mean, whatever Jeremy Chin's doing, do what he's doing. <laughs> But man, look, I you know going back to what I said, man, I I, I think the Panthers have kind of used him perfectly. Um, you don't you don't really hear a lot in football about guys who don't really have a position. I don't think Jeremy Chin necessarily has a position, if that makes sense. You just kind of put him in a robber situation where you stick that guy in the middle of the field and you tell him to to kind of do what he does, and he's doing it, man. So obviously, he's my early candidate, man. It. Look, you know, obviously it's, a, it's way too early to really tell, but just judging from the trajectory, the very early trajectory of his very short career, he's my candidate right now. So so I got a question for you guys. What the hell happened to DJ Moore in the first half? Um, I'm seeing a disturbing trend from DJ Moore, and this is the third week in a row where he's been pretty invisible, Um, you know, especially – well – First game, he did have a good game, but he didn't show up until the second half of that game either. But you look at today's game, he's invisible. And he what, he only ended up with two catches today. One of them was a 39-yard pass or something like that. Um, it's a little disturbing because you have Robbie Anderson, who's on the other side. And I mentioned this in the previous show. We know how wide receivers' egos can get. Yeah. I'm not worried about DJ Moore's ability, per se. I'm worried about his temperament. Because you got to think about it. He was drafted. Look, this is a guy who had Steve Smith endorsing him. Steve Smith went on TV and said, this is the guy that's going to replace me. You get what I'm saying? He was drafted to be the number one guy. And now you got Robbie Anderson, who was hungry as a dog out there and who's, who was hands down the number one guy right now. So yeah. I'm just worried about how that affect DJ, how that affects DJ Moore's temperament more than anything. Uh, I think it's play calling. I don't – the Panthers don't push the, the ball enough down the field for D.J. Moore to do what D.J. Moore does. Uh, if you look at his best catches from the first three games, all been downfield where he gets yeah. inside position on the defender and he's able to make a great catch. If Bridgewater ain't pushing the ball down the field to him, then he's just not going to get those chances. So the Panthers kind of have to – the Panthers have to figure out – what their offensive identity is. They don't have one. Is sure. it, do, are we going, do we want to be a copy of the new Orleans saints? Uh, do we want to be, you know, a dink and dunk offense that takes with the defense give us, we got to figure that out. And it's going to be yeah. harder without Christian McCaffrey, but I think DJ Moore is, is a victim of that. True. People like Robbie Anderson have kind of uh, stepped up, but th I think that's because they're coming into a new system. The, mm -hmm. you know, 
DJ Moore is from the old regime. So I think he's still hanging on to a lot of that stuff from the old regime. Um, I think once the Panthers, they got to figure it out on offense. They've got to figure out when to attack, when to when, for instance, that, that play at the end of the first half. Okay. Yeah. We get a huge interception right. from Dante Jackson, who I guess we should talk more about in a minute. Huge interception. He gets all the way down to the five yard line. You got eight seconds. That's at least one shot the end zone, maybe two. And instead, you throw a little big yard, big, big, uh, big route, and you got to get swallowed up and you got to out to kick the field. And goal. you had two timeouts on top of that. And you had two timeouts. And everyone's like, well, Maybe it wasn't there, so Teddy took what the defense gave him. There are times where you kind of have to force the defense's hand, and that's one of those times. You have the lead. If you turn the ball over, it's no big deal. It's either three points, and you could live without – and as we saw, the final score ended up being uh, five points. Cool. You just yeah. couldn't live without that three points. They much would have much rather had seven points – then three points. I think that's one of those things the Panthers got to figure out. And when they figure that stuff out, then we'll see players like DJ Moore, I think, get back to the how we know he can play. So uh, so I saw an interesting tweet from a former Panther, uh, Torrey Smith. Yeah. He was, saying, he was saying the Panthers need to trade Curtis Samuel so the dude can really flourish. Are you, guys, are you guys content on the way that we're using Curtis Samuel? Let, or, let, ooh, or, boy. Or, or, or is he just not performing up to his level? Let, let me get this one first, man. Um, That is a crock of crap, man. The Panthers, <laughs> ever since Curtis Samuel has been on this team, every offensive coordinator that we've had have tried their best to put Curtis Samuel in the best position possible to be successful for god's sakes the dude is in the backfield catching pitches out of the backfield what else could tory smith or curtis samuel want from the panthers to make him better every year curtis samuel is the is the training camp mvp and it doesn't translate to the regular season at some point, you got to stop blaming the organization at some point you hear that malik monk fans um anyway but I, I, go ahead uh, yeah, you know what? I, Curtis Samuel, we know he's got the ability. We've seen yeah. him make big plays. We know he can stretch the field. And for some reason, is just he's not quite there. And I'm not going to say play calling because, as Jamal pointed out, even in the Ron Rivera, North Turner era, the Panthers were trying to find ways to get him the ball. Either And even today, they straight up ran design runs, not pitches, not ends like – like you gotta line up as a tailback, and we're gonna give you the ball out of the eye formation kind of stuff. Clearly, I think the Panthers see some kind of talent in him, uh, and they're they're trying their best. So the idea that he could go somewhere else and flourish, I don't, you know, wide receivers they say a lot of stuff. They say, yeah. even though y'all see behind me, Steve Smith is my favorite Panther of all time. Even he said some ridiculous ass stuff. Wide receivers say ridiculous stuff. So the idea that what he's gonna go somewhere else and then get more touches than he gets here, you know, five a game, uh, you know, right. in the backfield. I don't, I don't know about that. Same. However, however, let me let me say this, and I'm and I'm dead serious when I say this, man. There's a legitimate fear that I have that Bill Belichick is gonna call is gonna is gonna call Herney 
He'd be like, you know what? You guys ain't, you know, we could give y'all something for Curtis Samuel. You know, you, Cam's here. He could use a familiar face. And I, I could see it happening. I, I really could. By, by the trade deadline, that's something I could easily see. Which and, Curtis Samuel would probably be the Patriots' best receiver. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nah, not yeah, anybody, anybody, anybody that can stretch the field. It, it, well, let me say this. I, I'll back up. I, I'll backtrack a little bit. He would by far be the most talented receiver. To, yeah, yeah. Now, the best receiver, uh, you know. Julian you know. Edelman's career speaks for itself, but the, right. the Patriots um, only watched some a few highlights of their game, but they don't have anyone that can stretch the field. Right. They don't have anyone that can just run past the coverage and then Cam can throw it up to. Curtis Samuel would be that guy. And, and that's another thing. Maybe the Panther, maybe that is how the Panthers should be using Curtis Samuel. Um, you think? You think with that world class speed? You think? But, but maybe, and, and this is something I thought about all game. Can our quarterback do that? It, though? Yes, that's exactly it. If Teddy Bridgewater is not <laughs> that guy, then why did you pay him $63 million? If you can't say, if you're like, well, we'd like to throw 25 yards downfield, but Teddy really can't push the ball like that. Will you pay this $63 million? No. You know what, Kaza, that point is so excellent. We we just gave Tory Smith fuel, honestly, we man. Did, <laughs> just did, you know what I'm saying? It's a good point, though, man. It really is, dude. <laughs> 329 days. 329 days is the last win. This feels good, man. I, I, this really does feel good. It I, does. I, I, look, it's, it's it's actually nice to to enjoy a win. It, it, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's not going to be any more weeks like this. I'm I'm always happy to see you get a win, but the thing is, is that nobody gives a damn. That's and nobody, nobody cares. It's, I, it's I, true. I bet that this won't even be on the sports shows tomorrow. You know how they how they show like a recap of every game, and then they always like <laughs> the game that no one gives a shit about. This is that game. Nobody <laughs> nobody cares that the Panthers won today, and that just kind of irks me. Especially considering, by the way, we didn't even congratulate Matt Rule. On his, his first NFL win, Teddy Bridgewater got his first win as a Panther, first, first win as an NFL defensive coordinator, and Joe Brady's first win as an NFL offense coordinator. That at least deserves a lot of fanfare. But I think the, the way they won is just kind of like we we um if that dude catches the lateral at the end of the game, we lose. We lose. Completely we, 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 we lose. It should not have come down to that, and uh, it, it's just kind of like you feel kind of lukewarm about it. However, having said that, I do think the Panthers will improve. I think they'll improve a lot on defense, actually. I do. Uh, I believe that. As the offense figures its identity out, that's going to help the defense. The defense was on the field way too much today, and I think that's why they slacked off a little in the second half. They were just tired. Um, when your, your offense only runs – eight plays in a quarter, you're just going to get tired. So uh, yeah. I think we'll see some improvement from the Panthers, and this was a, a good jumping off point. And it's it's funny you mention that, Kaiser, because if you look at the quarterback stats today, Teddy Bridgewater, who was 22 for 28, 235, that's a very t- Teddy Bridgewater type of game. Yeah. But, but Justin Herbert was 35 for 49. The big stat I'm looking at with Justin Herbert's uh, stat line is 49 attempts. 
Um, that is a big discrepancy from the 28 Teddy Bridgewater threw. You know what I mean? So when you have a quarterback who's throwing the ball that much, that means your offense is not on the field like it's supposed right. to. And it is hard for a defense to maintain its pressure when you got a quarterback throwing the ball that much. Yeah. God, I got a question. Why didn't Reggie Bonifon get more more touches? I mean, I, I, yeah, he had like the biggest run of the day, and then we didn't see him anymore. I don't know. I, it's, it's it's like okay, I, I, Mike Davis was okay. He, for, for what he is, he's okay, but he doesn't have that burst that that, that Bonifon has. I have an additional question. Why were we not running a two back system, including Reggie Bonifon, when even when Chris McCaffrey was healthy? No idea. I, seriously. <laughs> now, you know, I, I think uh, some of this has to do with a college coach coming to the NFL. Um, but yeah. even with the old regime, like, think about it, man. I don't know if y'all remember, but there was a game last season, and, and Vince was here. And I, I think Vince was the one that hyped Reggie Bonifer. Or maybe it was you, Rodney, whatever. Red, Reggie Bonifer scored a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that everybody game. was like, how come this dude isn't getting the ball? And that was even last season. You know what I mean? So it's – that that's a big question mark for me, man. Well, you know, if you have an extra running back, and that means that you've given up a position elsewhere. Either you have one less wide receiver, or tight end, or blocker. Even and speaking, speaking of tight end, would you would you mind any of those tight ends losing their maybe, position maybe, right now? Maybe playing in the game or something. I don't. Hello, right? Um, hey man, look, 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 lay off Ian. He had one catch for nine yards. Lay off. That's play calling. That's got to be play calling. I refuse to believe that Teddy Bridgewater is like, mm, I don't feel like going to any, any tight ends today. <laughs> the play calling is just not putting those guys in a position. Or maybe it is Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe I, I mean, maybe he's saying, okay, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're thinking, but I got to think a tight end was maybe on an out or something when we threw it two yards uh, to close out the half and kick the field goal. That I mean, <laughs> we won't but, know the all twenty-two film, but I mean, uh, some, something's got to be done offensively. To to be fair, to be fair about the tight end position, you know, you got three, you got three wide receivers who you're trying to make happy now, because all three of our the three receivers that get the most reps are very talented, and it's probably very hard to try to keep all. Three you know, of them. And I think that might have had something to do with the Davis Bonifant situation. Uh, Bonifant was the guy they called up from the practice squad. Mike Davis is the listed number two back. Imagine saying to your number two back, you know what? We're going to let the practice squad guy get all your touches. Uh, and because it's not like Mike Davis played poorly or anything. He did, I mean, he did okay. He did uh, what he was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there was a, a little bit of, of that going on. You want to give the next guy up his chance. Mike Davis is the next guy up with, you know, after being out, you give him a shot. Yeah. So, I agree. So guys, who, who was your uh, offensive MVP today? I got to think about it. Kaz, you go first, bro. I'm putting you water. I know, I know it. I know, who else, though? Who else are you going to pick? Just Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he, Teddy Bridgewater, is not gonna mess the game up. He's not. He, Teddy Bridgewater probably won't lose us very many games. The closest he's gonna come is maybe last week, in which you know he threw a bad picks and he had some bad throws. But he's not gonna win you the game either. Um, but 
this week, you know, he threw like 70 something percent, you know, he, he, uh, you know, moved the offense. It's just that no one else on offense really stood out. R- Robbie Anderson had a, had another really uh, another great game. Uh, one of our viewers says thoughts on Greg Little. I think the offensive line was decent. Yeah, I think they they're playing like an average NFL offensive line. I I don't Teddy Bridgewater wasn't on his back today. I don't think he's running for his life. The running backs did okay. Um, I thought they played okay. It's hard for me to pick offensive MVP. It's just the offense just didn't play well enough for me to say, man, <laughs> that was the guy. Yeah. Let me um, – I, I, I'm probably – I'm strongly resisting the urge to pick Joey Sly as the offensive MVP. <laughs> but by by default, I'll say Bridgewater as well, man. I, and kind of, you know, Kaza stole a lot of my thunder, so I got a lot of the same thoughts. Um, big number that sticks out, 8.4 yards per pass, which is very pedestrian. Again, does just enough to win you the game. Another big stat, another important stat is zero interceptions, zero turnovers, which in this game, the turnover battle was ultimately the difference yeah. in the game. So the Chargers gave us a lot of cookies today, which gave us the game. Teddy Bridgewater didn't. That's what won us the game ultimately. Now, uh, one of our viewers is asking about Greg Little. Let me say this. I hope he's healthy because we are down to our third left tackle. Something called Trent Scott. Scott. Let me tell you about Trent Scott. He got absolutely obliterated the last uh, on on the last uh, pass from Teddy Bridgewater. If that is a trend, man, oh man, we 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 need some we need some guys to get healthy in a heartbeat, man. Because you know, obviously small sample size, but that's not going to cut it, man. <laughs> the, that left tackle side is is all but all too important. And I hope Greg Little is healthy. So those are my thoughts on Greg Little. Um, it's it's Greg Little for me is telling that uh Rule decided to kind of rotate between him and Scott. Uh that's probably not good. That's um, probably, that's probably. <laughs> uh so I I don't know. It's, it's why, why can't the Panthers just want to get at least a top ten tackle? I mean, since Jordan Gross left, it's been a it's been a year of struggle. Taken, we haven't taken one in the first round since then. I'm, you know, I I, I, I get you know they say that it's it's hard to find uh, a top tackle in the draft. They're they're just rare, and a lot of teams don't go with top tackles in the first round of the draft. They they just don't, and not anymore. But I feel like man, the Panthers got to do something. They got to do something. And maybe that's a lot of the reason why the play calling is what it is. Having said that, like I said before, I don't feel like the offensive line was is like a thief or anything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Bridgewater had you know decent. He had time, he had time to throw. They, they open up holes for the you know for the running backs. Uh, yeah. And, and look, so, so, let me get back on track. My offense MVP is Mike Davis. I'm gonna just give him next. He had to, he had, to, he had his touchdown with us. Uh, he, he touched the ball. He caught the ball about eight times, which is ridiculous. <laughs> with Mike Davis, yeah, uh, uh, had, had a long run of 25 yards. So we have eight catches, which is more than McCaffrey had combined in the first two games. I, I think that goes a little more to the attention McCaffrey gets. I, could, yeah. I, I have to say that because look, I, I don't think 
Mike Davis was the top guy in the Chargers game plan to stop today. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but but man, about the offensive line, real quickly, man. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he took two sacks, two sacks today. You'll take it. I mean, considering what what our quarterbacks have been through the last, I don't know, hell, six, seven seasons. You know, two sacks the whole game is this. We'll 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 take it over the yeah. six or seven we usually see. So. With that being said, man, they still got to fix that left tackle position, dude. It, it's it's on this. Uh, what is going on with Russell Okung? I wish we had more intel. Groin, I wish we had more groin. insight. I'm sorry? The groin is a groin injury. And, and how old is he, 39 years old or something like that, man? So He's like my age. That's, that's, that's a real concern, man. That is a real concern. Uh, same with Kwan Short. I mean yeah. – yeah, I feel like we wasted uh, what would have been a great season from Gerald McCoy last year with Short being on IR the whole year. And it looks like we might be wasting a good rookie campaign from Derrick Brown. I mean, I'd love to see him and k Short um, in the DT1, DT2 spots, but I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. So he's done to, to, to me. So is that k Short's done? Uh, I mean, but what, it, what has he really done since his All-Pro season? Yeah, good. Nothing, so, no, no. moving on. <laughs> so, so, so guys, 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 who's the offensive MVP? I mean, the defensive MVP this week. Jeremy Chan. Oh, Jeremy Chan. I go, I go, Jeremy Chan. Okay, well, you know, I'll say Brian Burns since you said Chan, but and I think you could go Chan Burns. I want Shaq. You could even say Shaq. Yeah, a lot. Today. Um, uh, speaking of that, uh, I got one question before we move on. Um, Mr. Whitehead, we would love if you made an appearance this season. Uh, y- you know, we're not expecting you to be Thomas Davis, but can you at least make tackles, Mr. Whitehead? Oh, he's playing. Could, he's playing middle. Correct. I, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. You would think the opportunities would be there playing middle. Yeah. The middle linebacker. If you are the middle linebacker, your safety should not leave the team in tackles, man. I, come on, dude, or or be close to it. You know what I mean? We he never saw. Outside. He's playing outside. Okay. Anywho, man, we got Cardinals next week. Predictions, thoughts, quick thoughts on the Cardinals next week. You know what? Um, I think we win that game. Tell us why. Um, I think the defense is going to make enough improvements to kind of bother Kyle Murray enough to keep the game close enough. I like the Panthers in close games this year be precisely because the Teddy Bridgewater effect. He we're not he he when if it comes down to a game where we don't if, if Teddy Bridgewater makes a mistake we lose, that's not going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to take a risk to make the mistake. And I think in a game like against Arizona. I mean, Arizona's not like a world beater. Hell, we should have beat Tampa Bay last week, honestly. I don't think the Panthers are quite as bad as we all think or the media thinks, and I think these are the kind of games they can squeeze out. It's still the beginning of the season. There was no preseason. There was no OTAs. These are the kind of games I think the Panthers could have a chance. Yeah, we should we should have beat the Raiders. We, I mean, I think – the Panthers are starting to gel a little bit, and Arizona will be the last game that we win for a while. Yeah. 
I guess we lost Rodney for a bit. He'll be back on, but I'll, I'll share my thoughts real quickly. Real quickly, uh, Arizona, who did lose to the Lions today, and I, I, I look, there is one key component to beating the Cardinals. You contain Kyler Murray, you win the game. I, yep. I really think it's that easy. Uh, Kyler Murray's speed is 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 the concern for me. You know what I mean? Because you, you let him outside the pocket too much, he can really burn you. Yeah. And he and he actually has before when we played him. You know what I mean? So if we continue, I think that's, yeah, that's where Brian Burns is going to shine. Absolutely, you got absolutely. someone that can match that speed. You can spy him. We'll see how creative the coaching staff gets. They're going to have to be a little bit. More creative, I think, but I think they can pull that one out. Now, and to your point, man, I would love to see more edge rushing. I uh, will continue to edge rushing against Colin Murray as well, man. So I think that's the key. Contain him, you win the game. That's simple. Right. Uh I think we lose next week, man. I I'm I'm concerned. We gotta we gotta play DeAndre Hopkins, man. That's that's that guy that, that guy's different. And then on top of that, they still have Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, and and and, and their uh, Christian Kurt is the other wide receiver. I don't think our DBs are good enough to to actually stick with them. I think it'll be a close game, maybe uh, 21-24, But but I but I think Arizona will pull it out. Well, I, I'll say this: I agree with you. But if we can get, I don't know, if we can get pressure like we did today, I you know I think that gives us a chance. But that's a big if. So we'll we'll see, man. Guys, I want to transition real quickly to the NBA bubble. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, unfortunately, will be going to another finals. Um, LeBron James, got to give it to him. He showed his greatness last night, uh, elevated that team to a win. Um, the uh, Celtics and the Heat are actually playing right now. Guys, are the Lakers going to get beat? Are there any, is there any chance for anybody else to win uh, win against Los Angeles Lakers in the finals? Short answer, no. Nope. <laughs> Next topic. So, uh, I, just, I mean, we, I think everybody knew when the Los Angeles Lakers signed Anthony Davis. It was pretty that's much. A that's a championship. You cannot overcome – LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it just wasn't going to happen. And the best chance that we, that everyone felt was the Clippers. And I wasn't sold on that, honestly. But a lot of people felt the Clippers, and oh, they're, they're gone. They got beat by the Nuggets, who, um, you know, just got gentlemen swept uh, out of out of the playoffs. So I just don't – when I look at Miami and Boston, uh, Boston, I think Miami is playing with house money right now. Yeah. And – that can only take you so far. Um, I think actually, I, I think they'll be somewhat competitive against the Lakers, but competitive in the way that Denver was competitive. Essentially, you cannot stop LeBron James, and what the only way to beat LeBron James-led teams in in the finals, because other teams have done it, <laughs> uh, is to let him get his and not get beat by anybody else. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I'm glad. So, I'm, go ahead. So, but now you can't do that. If, if if you let LeBron James get his, then Anthony Davis is going to get his too. And now you're really in trouble. Yeah, Anthony probably. Davis is probably the best teammate overall that LeBron James has had. And he's had some great teammates. Probably Dwayne Wade, I'd say, maybe is the second best. But Wade wasn't 
uh, I don't, you know, Wade had already won a championship, and he probably wasn't quite <laughs> prime when he teamed up with LeBron. You get a prime Anthony Davis with LeBron James, who's still playing at a high, high level at his age. I just, I don't, I, I don't see how Boston or Miami even has a chance. Um, let, let me say, Rodney, I'm going to let you go after I say this real quickly, man. But here's here's what I don't really hear from a lot of people. Because, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know, they're going to get all the shine. They're going to get all the credit, deservedly so. But what I don't hear a lot of people mention is how deep that team really is, man. And I mentioned this guy a lot since he's come back. Dude, if Rajon Rondo continues to play like that, they're unbeatable, man. Like, when the hell did Rondo learn how to shoot threes? Like, like was I asleep when it happened? Quarantine. I've been basketball for a long time, bro. And I don't remember Rondo ever shooting the ball like this, man. That team, that, that bench is a different team when Rondo is on the floor. He makes everybody better in the way LeBron James makes everybody better. Yes, I said it because it's true, damn it. Rajon Rondo makes that team that much better when he's on the floor. And, and, and when, when Vogel actually puts LeBron and Rondo on the floor together, and when Rondo is hitting these open jumpers, you can't beat them, man. I, and, and look, when you got when you got Rondo clicking like he is, and when you got Contavious Caldwell Pope, who a lot of Lakers fans had so much to say early in the playoffs, that guy's coming around as well. Uh, you got Kuzma. They're just too deep, uh, and I don't think people give their bench and the other guys enough credit for the success that they're seeing now. Ronnie, what you got? I mean, it's LeBron James is still the greatest player in the world, and you're not going to stop him. Uh, the dude is on a mission, man. Boston, they're not deep enough to compete with them. Miami, they're not talented enough, and so it's 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 it's, it's going to be a Lakers gentleman sweep either way. Uh, so prepare to be disgusted within the next few weeks with Lakers fans. I am. We're going to hear. Hey, hey, listen, y'all, 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 y'all are my brothers, man, and I'm gonna need y'all support when the Lakers. Listen, text me periodically and just be like Jamal, just stay off Facebook, man. It's not good for you, man. I'm gonna need that support. <laughs> I the Lakers you jail. You going back to jail? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably gonna go back to jail. Lakers fans have been the bane of my sports existence for like 15 years. I, I, I'm not ready for this, guys. Y'all gonna have to help me through this, man. Hey, I will say, uh, I'm I will be glad to see Dwight Howard get a championship. We talked about this a little really? last episode. Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I, you know, he I think his career is a little bit underrated. It, and, it, is, uh, it is, it is, and uh, I think getting a chip is you know. The, really, the only knock you could have on his career is that he he didn't win a championship. He couldn't, you know. To be fair, he had to backpack some Orlando. I mean, people talk about LeBron James be backpacking these bad teams. Y'all must have forgot. Name another starter on that 2009 Magic team that went. Yeah, the only other one I can name is Rafer Austin because <laughs> skip yeah. the room. and he didn't even start. He got benched for. Um, Nelson, Jameer, 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 Jameer Nelson. Uh, you know, midway through the playoffs. So, um, so congrats to him. Oh, Jamal, 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 before you yes. move on, I got some good news for you today. What's that? The Cowboys lost. It's yeah. a great day. It's a great day, man. <laughs> hey, you know who else lost? Who? The Falcons lost as well. Oh, it's a great day. It's going to see. Okay, so when we play the Falcons and we're down 50. 
We're gonna win. We're gonna go. We're fine. We weren't trying to win anyways. However, however, and look, I I, I hate to tell you this, Kaz, but Dan Quinn might not be around by the time we play the Falcons. So let's quit a lot. Yeah, hey, that's what I'm saying. If he gets fired, we can just start lining him up for the defensive coordinator position because (laughs) Dan Quinn was a great defensive coordinator for Seattle. No one can can take away what he did with the Legion of Boom. He gave the Panthers hell. He did. He was. He knew whatever it, he needed to do to stop Cam Newton, he could do it. And for some reason, he couldn't. Ju- he just couldn't make it translate to being a, a head coach because that's a completely different thing. Being a head coach and a defensive coordinator. So right, come back to being a defensive coordinator. All right, guys. I know y'all saw the question that one of our viewers is asking. Y'all know I'm gonna. T- y'all know I'm gonna take this one, man. The question is, who do we hate more, Lakers fans or LeBron fans? Um, Anthony. I have been hating Lakers fans since, I don't know, 2004, maybe, uh, maybe 2009. It's an easy answer for me, man. Lakers fans are by far the worst fans in sports, even more so than Cowboys fans, because at least Cowboys fans, at least Cowboys fans, at least show up when they're losing. That is true. That is true. That is true. I have not heard a single peep, a word from Lakers fans in six seasons. And now everybody's bumping their chest and puffing their chest out. And they're just purple and gold, baby. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of I, – I do feel Jamal on that. I, the, the only thing that bothers me about LeBron fans, and this don't even really bother me, it's just that when they say that he's better than Michael Jordan. No, that's it. That's, that's it. That's not true. That's and, and the arguments they make up – for why he's supposed to be better than Michael Jordan are are ridiculous. But other because, than that, I don't really have beef with LeBron fans. Exactly. And, and let me be very clear because, you know, LeBron fans are the most sensitive out of the bunch, so you have to say this. <laughs> LeBron, he's great, he's great. LeBron James is is he, he is undeniable greatness. It's undeniable. LeBron James is one of the best ambassadors this league has ever seen. He is a great guy. But when you say any slightly little negative thing towards him, his fans, I, it's almost like it's almost like you want to give them like a washcloth to wipe, to wipe their face. He's the chosen one. You can't say that about you him. Can't say that. You <laughs> right. can't say Kobe and Jordan combined. <laughs> anyway, let's get but, back on track. But you know, the two, yeah, to your point, Lakers fans, like you said, when the Lakers are bad, I mean. You don't hear from them. In, in the period of time between the Kobe era and LeBron era, yeah, it's a blur. Also, also another thing, and th- this is not just the Lakers. Actually, this is they became uh, the, the Celtics are like this as well. Uh, you guys have teams in large, the largest metropolitan areas in the United States. They've <laughs> been in the league since the beginning. Um, they're large market teams. It's very easy to get. To build good teams in those in those areas, yeah, it's, it's it's very very easy. And so so when the Lakers get a man, I remember I don't remember which pundit was saying this, but uh, you know Lakers GM should get a lot of credit for signing LeBron James. Really, why? Really, why? 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 Man, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> did, did, I'm sorry. He chose you. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm sorry. Did Rob Palenka's son go to high school in California? Is that what happened? Yeah. Is yeah. It, I don't. 
I, I don't yeah, if you bring LeBron James to Charlotte, yeah, okay, yeah, you deserve a ton of credit for that. Either that or you got some dirt on LeBron James that just cannot get out. But you know, getting getting big free agents to I mean, look at the, the turnovers the lake the turnover the Lakers roster has had since LeBron's been there. It's like, okay, y'all are good enough to, to play with LeBron, so you got you gotta go, Isaiah Thomas and uh <laughs> So, guys, I got a question for you. Uh, the Hornets started their, uh, I guess, their mini bubble this weekend. I mean, Enter grind weekend. camp. Yep. So, what do you guys think about that? I mean, you know, it, I, I tell you, I tell you one thing I, I do like about it, and you know, I don't know if this is just media marketing or not. But those guys look extremely happy to be back and playing together. That's my very early thoughts on what I'm seeing from from the Hornets being back in on, on in the, uh, the the practice bubble. Um, I think with the Hornets, man, you have a bunch of young guys who have something to prove. We all know how being Hornets fans is, and how negative everything towards the Hornets is even though we were projected to be the worst team in the league and still ended up as a ninth seed and still ended up with the third uh, pick overall in the draft and have uh, a lot of cap money to spend over the next two seasons. With all that being said, all the negative press the Hornets get, I think those young guys have something to prove. I think Malik Monk in particular looks very hungry from what I've been seeing. He's been the the, the hot rod and the hot topic, uh, you know, since that time, man. So, I mean, you know, of course, way too early to tell, really, but very encouraging early signs, man. Yeah, the reports coming out of the grind camp about uh, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham are extremely promising. Uh, what we're hearing about Malik Monk, that, and this is big, his teammates are starting to look to him for leadership. That's an, an actual quote I read, like, whoa, whoa, that's the craziest <laughs> thing I've heard about Sean Hornets in years. <laughs> but if you think about it, Malik Monk is almost an elder statesman. He's yeah. you know, from the Richard yeah. era. And so, yeah, guys might be looking up to him, especially considering the struggles off the court that he went through. He probably has a lot of life lessons he can teach guys now. Like, Absolutely. Hey, this is my second chance, y'all. Uh, you know, we're not going to mess this up. So so I like, uh, you know, what I'm hearing. I think the grind camp was a great idea. I, I hate that the Hornets missed bubble basketball because it felt like they were continuing to bond a little bit and get some chemistry. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because um, – Tyler Hero like scored a point and the Hornets group went crazy. Like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. And it's like in the last two seasons, the Charlotte Hornets have drafted a member of the NBA all rookie team, PJ Washington, uh, a candidate for the most improved player, Devontae Graham, and the MVP of the Rising Stars game in Miles Bridges. How are we not satisfied still? How are we not? How can you not look at that? Name three other teams that have that that have that run. I, I'm going to answer that question while we're Denver, not Denver, of course. Denver has Michael Porter, who is like the superstar of the league. They have Bobo, who's like the seven foot small forward version of Kimba. Like Denver, who man, I'm played, telling you. who hasn't played a whole lot. But to to seriously answer to seriously answer that question, man. I don't mean to sound insulting, man, but we come from a fan base that's just not very sophisticated. And I'm I'm sorry to be so candid. It's insane. We've been abused, man. We've been abused. But 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 listen, here's the thing, man. Hornets fans 
want to be relevant. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be relevant. We want to be in the conversation. We want to be on national TV. We want to be contenders. But a lot of fans don't want to hear anything about the process to get there. Hornets fans are tired of hearing about the process or simply just don't want to hear it at all. But for, for those of us who are sensible enough to understand what this is, our process is going as well as it possibly could from the Kimball Walker era. And for those of us who see that, man, we see some good things happening. The Hornets have a lot to prove, but the opportunity to improve drastically is there. And that's really all we can ask for right now, man. Yeah, I feel like our our core is fairly solid. I'll be honest with you. We just got to short the five. Um, we need we need a a better big man than than the options that we currently have. And, and look, man, and, and not to be Captain Obvious, man, but th- look, Kaiser, you you mentioned this at nauseum, man. If that God forbid that general ta- talent just falls in our lap like it has for other teams, man, if we can just get that kind of damn luck. Yeah. Man, <laughs> we we'd be cooking with hot grease, man. Mitch, we trust. I mean, it, 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 and one thing that that stuck out to me too with the grind camp, Malik Monk looks he looks healthy. Like yeah. it's just it's just a different. He got a little bit of a dad bod though. He kind of looked like me. Uh, no, that's fine. Man. That's look, right. I'm like, yo, hold up. Hold it's up. all right. It's he, all right, he got, man. Look, he got look. a must to burn that off. It's all right, look, man. Look, it's, it's, as long as that mental's fine, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm happy that 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 he got the help and he's transitioning. I, I, I really I really expect this year to be a big year for him. No doubt, man. Guys, we're going to end it on this note. Um, we have had an excellent show. Got some Hornets talking. Got some Panthers talking. Real quickly before we go, um, the Celtics are currently down six at the end of the first quarter. And real quick, because we don't have a lot of time. If the Celtics win this game, do they win the series? Yes. Yes. All right. If they win this game, if they go seven games, they'll win. So they're more talented. They're more talented. And, and we're all in agreement that they have no shot against the Lakers, right? <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're. No, uh, I, 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 we've said this before. Not having true home court advantage in the bubble is skewing things. Not playing in front of a real crowd, I think that's – it's it's – making things more even. Gotcha. All right, guys. Uh, any shout outs or shout acts? What you got? Yes. I want to shout out the only minority, the only black owner in any of the major four professional sports for adding another ownership to his resume. Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are going to head up a NASCAR team this is huge. Uh, a lot of people that know me know I'm really into motorsports and the, the big stain on motorsports and not just in America, but internationally is the lack of people of color that participate on any level. And it's really bad in the United States because NASCAR is the primary uh, motorsport in the United States. And we all know uh, how NASCAR is about us, whether whether. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, there is a perception, and it keeps people of color color out of NASCAR. 
uh, in motorsports in general. I'm hoping this will change that. We've seen what Michael Jordan has done with the ownership of the Hornets as far as putting um, people of color in prominent positions in the organization. I think if you do that in NASCAR, then you start to see the trickle-down effect. You're going to start to see more black crew chiefs, pit crew members, drivers. I, I it's, it's, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, but this is a good first step. There have been other black owners in NASCAR, however, but none with the influence or that Michael Jordan have. Uh, and, and I think NASCAR is ready for that shift. They, they are still ready to be done with the old perception of a bunch of loud rednecks uh, drinking beer at races. I, I Get her done! <laughs> they're ready for, for, for the next generation, and I think this is a good, good step in that direction. Rodney, what you got? I want to give a shout out to our uh, dearly beloved brother, Danny Thompson. Uh, <laughs> I took a phone call from him today. He was pretty distraught. Uh, we're here for you, Danny. Danny, we're here, we, we, we're here for you, man. He has a show uh, every Monday night that you can check out. Um, he has vowed to uh, actually uh, go on a rent every day until Dan Quinn is fired. So, uh, <laughs> I look forward to the rant because Dan Dan Quinn's not getting fired tomorrow. And then also, uh, we do have a friendly bet. So uh, if the Panthers beat the Falcons this year one time, he's going to change his name to Sir Per on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. And then and then finally, just just shout out to all the supporters, man. We we really appreciate it. Uh, and and the Panthers got to win today, man. Just 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 cherish tonight. There's not going to be many more lights like this, man. Cool. <laughs> Um, I want to shout out someone I forgot to shout out last week. My best friend, Sean, got married last week, and I forgot Ooh. to shout him out. I feel terrible, man. So uh, shout out to my brother, Sean Johnson, yeah. for getting married. Uh, you and your beautiful wife, Candice, uh, you know, much love to you, man. Best of luck. Well wishes, all that good stuff, man. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, shout out to Michael Jordan and the, and the NASCAR thing. Let me tell you one thing. Look, I'm not going to have a serious discussion because Kaiser kind of covered it all. I, I just want to see one thing out of the out of Denny Hamlin or I'm sorry, Bubba Wallace. We got to see the Hornets steam car. That's it. That's all I want. Just just yeah. give me the Hornets steam car. I'm good on everything else, man. I'll buy one of the jackets like Cash used to wear back in like 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear that. Hey, so 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 before we go, I just got something to say. I don't own the rights to this music. But I have to do this. It's <laughs> been a long time since we heard that. It feels good, man. It feels good. Anyway, fellas, man, it's always a pleasure. It is always fun. I know we have very busy lives, but we find ourselves still doing this every week. We still love our supporters. We still love doing it amongst all the craziness. So much love to everybody still checking us out, man. Brothers, I will catch y'all next week. Until then, peace, y'all. Peace. Sweet Caroline. Peace in the Middle East. <laughs>